current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Our government is endorsing the enemies of Israel, while Israel's enemies are banding together. How can higher gas prices be good for our economy? We'll check in with the World Economic Forum for an answer. And what's the answer for invading locusts and a dangerous heat wave? We'll check in with God's Word for an answer as we look at the signs of the times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, July 15th, 2022. And coming your way later today is podcast episode 224. When you subscribe through Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google, or just download the Way Media app, or hit us up at thewaymedia.net, where you can read the articles we discuss, or ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question. And now here to correct the vision of our blurry world is Pastor Mark whose wife recently asked him why he doesn't treat her like he did when they were first dating. So he took her to dinner in a movie and then dropped her off at her parents' house. That was good. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. That, yeah. That, the crowd agrees. Yes. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's the good thing about having the, that button. You can, always, yes. you can always get a good response. I can always get a good response. Absolutely. Yes. I, I'm my own show sometimes. <laughs> anyway. No, that was funny. Good joke, Greg. Okay. That was good. That was uh, how we like it. Yes. How we like it. Missed yes. it by that much. You know, we did miss it by that much, Pastor Mark. Uh, a little errors and omissions was brought to our attention from Tanya. Uh, Tanya listens to, or enjoys Signs of the Times, rather. We don't know if she listens or watches out there in Salem, Oregon. And she said, I wanted to ask you about your announcement of the PCA's recent resolution regarding Israel. I reached out to a good friend who is a member if a PCA church with concern. And she clarified to me that it was the PCUSA and not the PCA. Yeah. I know we, and she said that we referred to it as both, but she just wanted a clarification. Yes. It is the PCUSA. USA that the article referenced, and I know myself, maybe Pastor Mark, we both might have said PCA yes. in the car. And th- in my ignorance, I thought PCA was maybe something short for the Presby- Presbyterian Church of the United States of America yeah. and just taking out the U.S., but clearly there are two different factions. No, I'm glad we've got that pointed out too, Greg, because we certainly don't want to say something wrong about any of uh, uh, the denominations out there that if there's something, you know, we, we don't want to give the wrong message. Right. We want to be, we're trying to give proper information, and so I appreciate that. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So, Tanya, thank you for bringing that to our attention. All right, we've got another elephant in the room this week, Pastor Mark. And uh, this comes to us from okay. NBC News. No? The, the, no, no, that elephant. You can, he was, I was about to say, 
you know, once or twice enough. He went three times. He I'm went like, three times. He's starting to interrupt the show. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, he, he is. Well, we're going to put him <laughs> like back. I in, am now. We're going to put him back in his cage. So, anyway, here I watched you have some peanuts for you. <laughs> Uh, this is from NBC News. Nuclear attack uh, public service announcement leaving New Yorkers asking, why now? Yeah, and this is my leading argue, um, our article to a discussion I want to have for a moment here about the elephant in the room. Very, very intriguing. Listen to this article. New York City residents are accustomed to warnings about all kinds of potential threats, severe weather, public health, mass shootings. But a public service announcement that's running now uh, is showing how to survive a nuclear attack and has rattled some cages. No kidding. Released this week by the city's emergency management agency, the 90-second video advises citizens to stay indoors and wash off any radioactive dust or ash. <laughs> First of all, if a nuclear weapon goes off in New York, you're dead. You're, you're not going to wash I was anything say, off. You're not worse. Yeah. No, the, you're dead. But so, but anyway, it opens on a computer-generated street. Devoid of life, damaged skyscrapers can be seen in the Good background. Grief. Looking into the camera, the spokesman says, and I quote, so there's been a nuclear attack. Don't ask me how or why, just know the big one has hit. <laughs> Oh, Many my. New Yorkers were left going, why now? Yeah. Christina Farrell, the city's emergency management deputy commissioner, said the video isn't tied to any specific threats. She said it's about raising awareness of something most people haven't given much thought. Well, no wonder. I mean, you know, hey, there could be a nuclear attack tomorrow. There's no overreaching reason why this is the time we sent this out, she told the Associated Press. It's just one tool in the toolbox to be prepared for the 21st century. Just distracts you from the high gas prices. Unbelievable. I just, you know, look at this, Greg. And, and again, I wanted to bring this in here on the start of the show and talk a little bit about this because, listen, here's the bottom line. I'm going to give some different possibilities and reasons you would have such a ridiculous. There hasn't been a PSA or anything done on nuclear attacks since World War II. Um, you know, we've always been looking at mutually assured destruction. You know, everybody has so many weapons, nobody's going to attack the other one. Um, but I, there's something I've been noticing that I want our listeners to notice, and I want to give this great balance today. I feel we would be remiss if we didn't talk about it. I think we could also uh, talk about it in the wrong way uh, and you know, create some type of confusion that doesn't need to be there. But what I've been noticing is, is that world events are beginning to happen by design and calendar dates. And it's almost as if, and, and I found out recently, it's almost like you see this whole program moving forward. You know, the Bible says that, that here, let's get the whole vision here. The Bible says that Satan wants to take over the entire world, and he wants his president, his prime minister, the Antichrist, we talk about out of Europe, to take over and run the entire planet. We know that's what the Bible says. We know that will eventually happen. Prophecy's clear on that. So we know that we're to be watching toward marching in that direction, and, and so our eyes are open to it. Now, uh, we also know that there's the restrainer in place. The Bible says the restrainer, the Holy Spirit, is holding back the move of the Antichrist and Satan until the right time. Um, we've seen times throughout world history where Satan has tried to do it since the cross. Uh, Rome, for example, tried to really not only control the whole world, but really go toward more of what the Bible talks about the Antichrist will do. It never happened. Several of the emperors tried to do that. Uh, some say Napoleon was headed that direction. Uh, we know that more recently Hitler uh, tried to take over the whole world. His desire was to have a, even a thousand-year uh, kingdom. He talked about a thousand-year Reich, where they would rule for a thousand years. Really, a, a um, I mean, I, I, I don't know if mockery is the word, but an imitation of what the Bible says. Of the millennial reign. Well, and the Antichrist is an imitator. Yeah. He's the instead of Christ, in place of Christ. So it all fit. Yeah. 
again, the restrainer didn't let Rome. The restrainer didn't let Napoleon. The restrainer, the restrainer didn't let world, uh, you know, Hitler. And now the restrainer's holding back the World Economic Forum, these world leaders that are working together. The question is, is he going to continue to hold that back, or is he going to allow it to move forward? So there's two things I want you to watch here in this we're going to get to. Uh, one is, I do believe we should expect and can expect some crisis, crises to take place within the next couple of months, leading up to the midterm elections. And here's why. It's not about a, a, a political thing, although people are definitely involved politically. Remember Satan's goal. Right now, Satan has in place a world system that is working toward this ultimate goal. I think we would all agree. The world system right now is right in line with moving toward a one-world government and even uh, working toward nations unifying together, and even Prince Charles saying, putting everything together so that when this world leader comes into power, he can run it. Now, some say that was a Freudian slip. I don't think so. I think he said, really, what's going on? I don't know if they know who he is yet. I think they're just saying, look, they're getting a world system together so that a leader over it can run the whole world. And that's a part of all these things we're seeing happen around the globe right now, including all the COVID stuff and all that. So we know that's part of Satan's end goal. He, Satan's simply using all this stuff that's happening. And because it's firmly in place and working well, I don't think there's any way we're going to get to the elections in November without Satan trying something to shake things up. And here's why. Um, Unless Satan shakes things up somehow, it's going to go a whole different direction here in, in a few months. Uh, you're going to see a whole different leadership structure take over in America. Uh, you'll see in 2024 a, uh, a more conservative leader come in, and it's going to shut this whole thing down. Well, I don't know. God may let that happen. So that may be exact. It may be very normal. Couple of months coming up here. It may be very normal. Couple of years, and we just keep whatever. Um, if God holds this back, but if Satan can stop the interruption because he's got this great thing going. Um, I think you're going to see some radical things happen, and uh, I would expect to see, and already we're already hearing, everybody needs to put the masks back on. There's new variants coming. There's going to be new diseases. Everybody get ready to get locked down. We're already hearing the language about this, and, and, and so they broadcast beforehand. You know, Greg, we talked about before the show, I remember how odd, this won't sound odd to our listeners, but try to imagine you'd never heard about President Trump in Russia. Imagine that was never mentioned yet. And I remember in a speech leading up to the election, um, Hillary Clinton said, out of the blue, she's talking about, I mean, just normal things, political things about America, and, and, and really almost like a car wreck. It's like, a, it's like T-boned at a, at a red light. She goes, and, and Trump and Russia, there's some concerns there that we need to be looking at. You're like, uh, did she just say Donald Trump and Russia have some concerns? With you? I think she did. And then she went right on. I'm like, why did she say that? And I knew at that moment, okay, you knew as you, as time, I kind of settled in for a month or two. And then it began to hit me. Something's coming up. You don't just, this was like a, a precursor. Somebody's giving some information. It's about to hit the road, you know. So all of a sudden, you know what happens? President Trump tied to Russia. And then, of course, this millions of dollars spent, all the America focused on it. And it all turned out just to be this big fake thing, just this lie to try to win an election. Um, then right before the election with President Biden and President Trump, um, Joe Biden at that time, who wasn't president, he wasn't President Biden, so he was he was Joe Biden, I, I guess a senator Joe Biden, uh, no, Vice President Joe Biden, former Vice President, said, and by the way, uh, would he be ready for a pandemic and COVID could be coming or whatever? I'm like, what's COVID? And we hadn't had a pandemic since 1917. And that was the flu, uh, the Spanish flu. 
So, and it hit me the same way the Hillary Clinton thing did, because this time it hit me quicker when I heard it. And we talked about it. I didn't hear about it until later, because I'm not on Twitter and all that. Later on, we got it. It didn't make sense. Nobody was looking for that. But once we were looking for it, once it did make sense, it hit me like the way Hillary's did. I said, wait a minute. He just broadcast what they were going to do. And sure enough, a few months later, we have this release of this COVID thing. And it really interferes with the elections and all this happened in America and around the world the last two years. Now, all of a sudden, Greg... We get to this PSA coming out of New York, the article we discovered that goes, let's get ready for a nuclear blast. Here's what happens if you you have a nuclear explosion, just know I'm going to die. Okay. But what they said was, is that go in your house, stay there. Don't come out until you hear from the authorities, basically lock down and wash yourself off good and whatever. Watch TV because we'll give you a necessity that. So stay in your home, watch TV, kind of like the lockdowns we had here. And so here's what I'm I'm not saying. There's going to be a nuclear. I'm not predicting there's a nuclear device going to go off in America. Uh, I'm not predicting even a dirty bomb, which is basically a bomb that has nuclear stuff in it. All I'm saying is, I believe they're broadcasting something coming up for this October surprise election thing. Not only for the elections, but I think, Greg, also for this furthering of this world world government, getting America under control, bringing America down, getting ready for this world leader. So my only heart in this is, Everybody be aware of this. Don't be tricked by masks and shots and all these things. These are being used to trick you. We now know, and and we have multiple articles. You can even go to Signs of the Times and get articles uh, about the masks. They did zero good, statistically zero. There were some studies that showed there was a little bit of help in this city or that city, but not much. It was a statistical zero on all those. The masks not only didn't help, now doctors are saying, and we covered this recently on the Signs of the Times articles, and all these are regular articles, I mean, like AP or whatever, they're finding these microplastic fibers from the masks in people's lungs as they're doing surgery. And we've got our kids wearing them eight hours a day in school. You know, I would say if you're going to wear a mask and you really feel that way, make sure it's at least cloth or one of those N95s because the other ones have these fibers in them they're now finding in the lungs. So it's unhealthy. So don't fall into the trap of putting masks back on. We now know that studies have shown and are showing it's, it would be better to catch COVID. You have a higher immunity than if you get the shot. So forget the mask. Don't get the shot. It's, and now we're seeing all the myocarditis and all the things that are happening, especially in our children. You know, Greg, I just heard today and I shared with you the governmental VAR site, the vaccine uh, uh, adverse reaction site that's out there is now reporting over 4,000 infants that have died. Um, from the shot. And that's VAERS. That's a government document. And, and they say that the government document VAERS is only records about 1% of the actual number. Yeah. Now, Greg, if that's true, there's 40,000 infants that have died just from the shot. The VAERS database that you're referring to is a voluntary database that uh, medical institutions yes. or outlets contribute that information yes. to. So if they're not contributing, so statistically what you're saying is is that there could be more deaths out there that are not being reported well yes and and yeah. and historically it's yeah. been about they've shown by studies it's been about one percent now if it's one percent this time that's forty thousand babies now let me say this and i said government thank you giving the clarification there the government uses that and the congress has used it and others yes for their for their <laughs> meetings and all that but it's not a government institution it's to so doctors can turn in and maybe government, i don't know either way but, but here's my point we now know statistically for after two years, the masks made zero difference. We now know statistically that it's better to catch COVID. You have a higher um, immunity rate than the shots because more people are having adverse issues from the shot. You have a better chance of nothing happening by just catching it than if you get the shot. Yeah. Um, and 
and and we're watching this new, I think, signal going out, kind of a flare, Greg, heading into the elections coming up in the fall. And I want to keep our listeners up in the heavens. And what I mean by that is this is not just about certainly there are political people that are going to use this, but I'm talking about a much higher picture. The Bible says, remember, Satan is going to try to do these things in the last days to get the whole world to come under this one world leader. I believe that Satan is going to try some more shenanigans leading into the elections in November. And I want our listeners to be aware, not to be afraid. The whole point that Jesus told us, he said, I'm telling you these things before they happen. He wanted them to have peace about it, to say, you know what, if you're telling me in advance, that means you're in control of it. So this is not to make people afraid. It's to say this. Don't let them push masks back on your face. Yeah. It doesn't work. Don't let them push you into some new shot. They're causing problems. Don't listen to the panic of a possible nuclear device or whatever. Just keep your eyes on the Lord. Stay in fellowship is my big thing. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling together of believers, especially as you see the day approaching. So Jesus is saying, or the Bible saying, in the last days, speaking through Paul, in the last days, you're going to see these things happen. Don't quit going to church because this is the enemy trying to tear down the church and take over the world. We know it's going to happen, but we don't know when. The restrainer's holding him back. Don't let the restrainer or the enemy trick you or deceive you. And one last thing, and then Greg, I'll get into whatever we'll yeah. talk, comments. I want to get all these things. So don't forget. One last thing I am noticing, I do believe that the World Economic Forum is leading this up with the world governments, and I do believe they're following an actual calendar with calendar dates of when to do certain things. And here's why I say that. I've been watching not only things happen systematically, but happening um, for the environment, for the world government, all this, happening so overnight it's, there's no lead into it. It's not like a gradual thing. It's happening so overnight. It's like, okay, on this date, you'll now you know do this. And I bring up the most recent one is all the Dutch farmers in the streets. They just showed up in one day and said, we're taking 30% of your farms. You've got to shut your farms down. We're taking your property. You can't do the farming. It was an overnight thing. And it happened so radical. They're out in the streets. They're protesting. We saw the radical thing that happened in Canada. We're seeing the radical agenda things that we're doing here in America. And, Greg, they have the World Economic Forum has a calendar to be reached of certain goals by 2030. It's the 2030 calendar that goes with the World Economic Forum. And, and they said, if, if we stay on schedule and we make these things happen in these different countries on these calendar dates, then when we get to 2030, everything's going to be in place. Now, there's going to be rebellion. There's going to be riots. There's going to be people doing this because that's what people do when you kill them. However, we're going to do it. And you take their property. But that's what we're going to do. So I believe that, that they have to, Satan is going to have to intervene in these elections so that the agenda can continue to move forward unless it's not time. It may not be time for the Antichrist to come on the scene. I believe we're close. It may not be time. If it's not time, you're going to see this held back, shut down, and there'll be a transfer of power here coming up in November that's going to slow things down a lot for Satan's agenda. If not, you're going to see Satan, I believe, come in and do all kinds of radical things uh, to make sure that those in power right now are still in power after the elections. So don't be shocked by anything you see in here, but also don't be afraid. The Lord is on the throne. He's the one holding the restrainer back. He's the one protecting believers, but we also need to be able to see and recognize what's happening. Well, let's talk about the Lord for a minute, and let's talk about believers for a minute. Uh, Pastor Mark, in Matthew, as Jesus is laying out for us in Matthew 24, the things that are going to be happening... And he says there, and I believe it's in 24, when he's talking about when you see the abomination of desolation take place, yes. flee yes. to Petra. We know where that's at. Right. 
But then Jesus says something very interesting in those directives, if you will. Pray that your flight or your what escape would not be in the winter or while you are nursing babies. Right. Then we see in the Old Testament, King Hezekiah, when the prophet came to King Hezekiah, and the prophet said to get your affairs in order, because the Lord said, you're done. And Hezekiah cried out to the Lord, and God heard his prayer and relented and gave him 15 more years, which was really not good for the nation of Israel, but that's another teaching. Right. So my question to you is, in light of the things that we know, it's not when it comes to Bible prophecy, it's never a matter of if. It's always a matter of when. Absolutely. And you've talked a lot about timing here. So my question for you is, does the church, can the church, can we look at what the Bible has told us, what Jesus has told us? Can our prayers have an impact in some form or fashion, on the timing of these things, the relenting of these things? Speak to that for a minute. That's a great question, Greg. And I think if you look at the biblical precedent, the answer to that would be yes. Now, God has a timetable on a calendar just like the enemy. Um, but And some people say, well, how if God has a timetable and God has a calendar, how can our prayers affect it? Because remember, God sees things eternally. He knows things before all time. And like with Hezekiah, which is a great example of that, um, like with Hezekiah, God had told Hezekiah, you're going to die, and that was on God's calendar. However, God knew from the beginning of time that Hezekiah would pray and say, Lord, give me more time. And God decided before time began to go ahead and answer that prayer of Hezekiah. So God still had it on his calendar, but God still spoke about what his original plan was, but he allowed Hezekiah. So it doesn't take God's sovereignty away. It just simply shows that God allows our prayers to have an impact. So I guess what you're asking is, is it possible that we could pray and this be delayed? I do believe that's possible, yes. I do believe that. You know, but it brings up another question. Do we want it to be? Now, I don't like something that's inevitable, that's painful, no matter what, either way. And it would be nice to delay it. But the more we delay it, the, the, the longer it takes to get into the kingdom with the Lord. So it's kind of this weird kind of battle going, all right, do I want this to delay? Because I want everything to go forward and move into the kingdom. But I don't want this to happen because it's horrible. So I don't know the answer to that. But yes, we do see that God does say that prayer does have an impact in the timing of how God does things. And we see that in Hezekiah. And I think that sovereignty issue goes back to the fact that God decides all that before time implementing everything he would have done he sees the prayers he god is sovereign but he allows man's choice we see that all through the bible both are there do we understand it completely we always say no but the reality is they're both there so it's a great question and i do believe that it's possible we could see if the saints were to pray god please let things turn around this election and i think we should be praying and fighting for that i do believe that then god may turn it around so i would encourage people to be praying that and I would say we should pray and we should fight until the Lord says, no, now it's time. So uh, could it happen? Yes. Can we slow this and stop it? I do believe that through prayer. Um, God's going to do what he's going to do on his timetable. We know that. But we also know that God, before eternity begins, will factor in the prayers that he saw we were going to do now. And so if you, uh, as we as believers pray, yeah, we may be able to divert this. But we also need to be very ready for all kinds of, I would say, demonic shenanigans between now and November. But, um, you know, 
very interesting to see for the first time, you know, what are you doing talking about these kind of things? I mean, nuclear stuff, this is just weird stuff, but again, we expect it. We're in the last days. Yeah. I was talking to Tracy, my wife, yesterday, and, and she was like, I just want to get, get out of here. Look at all the stuff that's happening around the world. I said, I agree. I said, but you know what? Welcome to the last days. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, it's, it's what it is. It is what it is. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we know it's the middle of July between now and November. Here um, we go. Put on your seat belts and... And not your mask. And not your mask. There we go. Because <laughs> it does no good. They're very good. All right. Let's go to Israel, Pastor Mark. Uh, the Jerusalem Post is reporting that Biden's East Jerusalem visit is boosting the Palestinian Authority's claim to the city. Yeah, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden scheduled a visit to East Jerusalem, uh, to a hospital of all things, on Friday. Um, it'll boost, the article says, the Palestinian Authority's claim to that section of the city, which is currently under Israeli sovereignty. Six Republican representatives said uh, they opposed this, and they wrote a letter to him. They wrote, and I quote, a visit would be viewed as a continued sign of continued support for the Palestinians in their illegitimate efforts to claim East Jerusalem. Biden will be the first U.S. president to visit East Jerusalem, um, and it's seen as a nod of U.S. acceptance of the Palestinians' right to have a capital. Now, here's why this is important. You know, again, they've been talking about a two-state solution for a long time, and, um, and, and of course, we've had former presidents that have tried to do this. Now President Biden is saying this would be the thing to do. Um, and East Jerusalem has been the claim of the Palestinians that they said, this will be our capital. We want East Jerusalem, and really they want you know, Jerusalem, but they know they can't get that. So they'll settle for now anyway to East Jerusalem. And he's saying this will give credibility because the president's going there as if it's its own country and it's not, you know. Um, and so that is true. I think, I think President Biden is purposefully trying to give this credibility. Um, and I think his goal is to split up the land. And by the way, Joel, uh, chapter three, verse two says the land will be divided. And because the land is divided, God's going to judge those who divide his land. Which is why I would rather America not be involved in the dividing of the land, because that means America will be judged. Uh, yeah. But it is what it is. Those are the leaders we talked about. Uh, Satan has his leaders in place, and, and there's not much we can do at this point. But again, Greg, right in line with, with what the Bible says will happen in the last days. Uh, Pastor Mark will stay in Israel and go to Breitbart.com, where it says Joe Biden is hailing a dormant two-state solution as the best way to peace. So yeah. it sounds like he's trying to resurrect What's already been tried to uh, right. happen. And, well, again, the best yeah. resurrection to look to in Jerusalem is the one of Jesus Christ that he yes. did 2,000 years ago, because that's the only hope for the, for the nation. But jo- President Joe Biden said he'll discuss the dormant uh, two-state solution for solving the Palestinian conflict during his trip to Israel. He says it's the best way for peace, and I quote, greater peace, greater stability, greater connection uh, is cr- critical for all the people in the region, which is why we'll be discussing my continued support, even though I know it's not near term for a two-state solution. He's, he's saying, yeah, it's not you know, going to happen right now, but that's the best way. The two-state solution, which will be trumpeted by successive or has been trumpeted by successive administrations, with the noble exception of President Trump, has long proved to be an abject Failure. And, and by the way, we do know there will be some type of agreement that is made, but it's going to be made by this world leader that the World Economic Forum is trying to bring on the scene, and really more importantly, that Satan is trying to bring on the scene. Uh, and that will happen sometime soon, but we see again the talk now ratcheting back up. Yeah, we sure do. Yep. And, um, well, we'll see what happens to the rest of his trip. Is he still over there? He's there right now. Okay. Yeah, he is there. And, and, and he's going to be, um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's still got more. There's, I forget how many days he's going to be there and what's going to be happening, but he's still over there. Okay. Uh, you are listening to Signs of the Times on WIAMLP Knoxville. That's our legal ID that we have to do, because this is a broadcast that will turn into podcast 224 uh, later today that uh, you can subscribe to, and we appreciate everyone listening live, online, or through our podcast. You've got me. We have a listener question, Pastor Mark, and this week it comes from Caleb, who enjoys Signs of the Times in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I think that's the home of Sweetwater Sound. Oh, there. yes, you're right. I think it is. Yes. Uh, and Caleb has a question about infant baptism. He says, I have a friend on the construction site who believes that since he and his family were baptized as infants, they are saved. His only biblical basis for this is when Jesus says, let the little children come unto me. I wasn't prepared for this conversation, so I kind of let it go. But I would appreciate your two cents, as I certainly want to give him good biblical counsel. Yeah, again, a great question, Caleb, and I'm glad to be able to answer this for a lot of people that may have the same question out there. You know, Jesus did say, let the little children come to me, but an infant can't. They can't walk yet. They can't go to Jesus. Uh, And that makes the point of what baptism is all about. Um, I do believe that the children should come to Jesus, but they need to be the one to do it and not their parents. Let's, let's, let's back up and say this. There's only two things the Bible tells us to do. Um, you know, and what, as far as they say sacraments and baptism is, is one of them. You know, communion and baptism are the only two the Lord gave the church to do. And communion is to remember the body and blood of the Lord and what he's done for us on the cross. Baptism is simply a statement. Um, about what has happened with us spiritually. And we're, we're showing that we died to the old person when we go under the water. We're coming alive to the new person as we come back up out of the water. And it's a public profession of us saying we are unashamed to follow Jesus. We follow him. He's ours. We're dead to the old man. We're alive to the new person. And here we go. Um, but Paul makes it very clear in the scriptures in the, in Corinthians that baptism doesn't save. Baptism saves no one. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you think about that, uh, the man hanging on the cross with the Lord. I was Lord, just going to say the thief on the cross. Yeah, he wasn't able to be baptized, but the Lord said, today you will be with me in paradise. So we can see that you don't have to be baptized to be saved. However, baptism is an act of obedience because we are told to be baptized. Jesus commanded us to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Paul, when he was traveling around, there were people they led to Christ, and they were all bragging on, you know, who that led them to the Lord. Well, I'm of Paul, I'm of Peter, I'm yeah. of Apollos, you know, because yeah. they they're, they're a great leader, you know, baptized me. And Paul said, look, I, I, I don't, baptism's nothing. He, said, no, he didn't say baptism's nothing. It is very important. It's a command of the Lord. Yeah. What he said was, is, I'm glad I baptized none of you but yeah. Crispus and Gaius. Yeah. Um, because now you would look to me more and say, well, we're supposed to look to Paul. Well, look, if we were supposed to be baptized for salvation, Paul would have never said, I'm glad I baptized none of you. Yeah. He would have said, I wish I'd have baptized all of you because I want you all to go to heaven. Well, when John the Baptist was in the Jordan baptizing the, the crowds, Jesus came into, the, uh, into his midst to be baptized. And John's like, you should be baptizing me. Right. And Jesus said, no, permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for all to fulfill all righteousness, right. so all right standing. So Jesus himself giving us that in 
indication that this is this is for obedience. This is to do what's right before the Lord. That's right. And the reason we again another reason we know that is the Lord certainly didn't need to be saved. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so him to be so say you have to be baptized to be saved. No, what it is, it is an act of righteousness in that what it says it's a public witness to the world. I'm choosing to bury the old person and come alive to the new one in Christ, and I'm unashamed and I'm unashamed and I'm gonna follow the Lord. Now now speak for a minute, Pastor Mark, just to give balance to this now that you've talked about the baptism side. And this is something that we do here at Calvary Knoxville, and maybe you can speak to this. Yeah. And that is when we have baby baby dedications. Yes. When parents bring infants yes. up on the stage yes. so explain that a little bit yeah let me let me let me do let me finish about the baptism okay. real quick and go right into that look a baby look here's the point to be baptized it's something you choose to do because you are saying i'm leaving the old life behind to the new life and i'm doing it as a public witness here's the problem with infant baptism there's two problems number one the baby's not deciding that they're going to do this and leave the old past behind and follow the Lord. they don't mm. know what's going yeah. on so they can't fulfill the purpose of baptism. And number two, it gives a false sense of security that you might be saved. Oh, I was baptized when I was a baby, so mm-hmm. I'm going to heaven. No, you're not. Just because you were baptized as a baby does not mean you're going to heaven. You you didn't make that decision. Your parents made that decision for you. And so that's not legitimate. However, I do believe that we say it does say, let the little children come to me. And I say, if a, if a child is, is able to walk to the Lord, to come to him, to come to me and say, I want to be baptized which infants not able to do and they and they say here's what baptism is i understand it i want to make this decision i let children be baptized because they if they know what's going on because i want to make sure that it has some false security but it's coming from their heart so yes we do that now also as you said greg we have the infant dedications i see no problem with that it's not necessarily biblical as something you do in church However, I see no problem with it. I see it as a blessing, and it's almost like we're really, you could make a biblical argument, maybe. Uh, it's not doctrine, but it does say that they were bringing their babies and children to Jesus to lay his hands on and bless uh, when he was here. And I think you're doing the same thing when you're bringing your baby to a dedication uh, or a child to dedication. You're bringing them up there saying, we want to pray that we're going to dedicate this child to the Lord. We're agreeing as parents that we're doing this, bringing this child to Jesus. We as a body are saying, hey, we're going to do our best to help you raise this child in the Lord. So even as they brought their children to the Lord for him to bless, we now allow children to be on stage, to be prayed for, and to be blessed by the Lord and the people. But that's very different than baptism, which has to be something you choose to do, and you've got to be mature enough to choose it, to come to the Lord and know what you are doing. Well, Caleb, uh, we certainly hope that that answered your question on infant baptism. And again, if anyone has a question, prophecy-related or otherwise, for Pastor Mark, just visit the Signs of the Time section of thewaymedia.net, and you'll see where you can ask your prophecy question. And also... We have a frequently asked questions section as well, where we've got a lot of questions that have been asked a lot of times. So we try to put those answers out there for you, so you can just get that. And if that one's not there, we'll put it out there as well. Yeah, that might be a good one for infant baptism as well. Okay. All right. Let's get into some war. Some Ezekiel war, that is. Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is from the Free Beacon, Pastor Mark. Iran and Russia expanding a sanctions-busting network. Sounds like a bunker buster for sanctions. Yes, and this is a bunker buster prophetically as well. Trade between Russia and Iran has topped $4.5 billion as the two regimes integrate their economies. 
to create a network capable of evading U.S. and international sanctions. What we're seeing is a greater alliance being built between Russia and Iran. We should be, we're expecting this from Ezekiel 38 and 39. Russia is making major investments in Iran's ports, nuclear infrastructure, energy sector, and military machine. Iran's deputy roads and urban development minister this week valued the trade at $4.5 billion. Members of Congress and regional experts have warned for some time that Iran and Russia are ratcheting up relations to combat Western sanctions and boost each other's militaries. And by the way, Greg, which we don't have in our stack, but I want to mention it. Next Tuesday, Russia and Iran and Turkey are meeting together to to strengthen their ties as countries. And they are three of the five major players that will be coming against the nation of Israel in that attack in Ezekiel 38 and 39. So this is huge. And again, now with the pressure being turned up more on Russia, and we're watching all these, you know, all these, they're, they're talking World War III and all these PSAs about nuclear attacks. And I mean, I'm saying... Yeah. The pressure is building around the globe. The alliances are getting closer and closer. It's just a matter of time. This is falling in place. It's not falling apart. It's falling in place. All right. Let's get into some One World Economy news. This is from uh, Breitbart.com. The World Economic Forum gas prices must go even higher. Yeah. To save democracy? Yeah, and not just to save democracy, even climate issues, Greg. Oh Again, my. listen, this, this whole uh, gas price hike, this is planned. This is yeah. part of the, of the 2030 agenda. We talked about calendars. Yes. 2030 calendar agenda. We're, we're on the calendar. We're marching down to 2030. I meant to tell you that 2030 plan has been out and published for several years. As a matter yeah. of fact, I think it was it used to be a twenty twenty plan. Yeah. And they backed they, it up ten years. They couldn't make the twenty twenty plan. Well so. it's interesting because again we talk about the twenty thirty plan. You know, that is indeed when the Lord began his ministry in, in thirty AD, somewhere right around there. And you talk about their plan reaching its fulfillment at 2030 and maybe the introduction of the Antichrist. Again, yeah. th- just interesting. We anyway. don't know the time. But, I mean, I find this very interesting you know, to watch these things because it may change again. Um, anyway, the World Economic Forum, the WEF, released a position paper <laughs> in the... Inter- in, in it's extra- that WEF you gave me. That's right. Um, it, the, in, that inexorably links two claimed global crises as one. Here they are. Climate change... And decline of democracy. It says fighting the former climate change can save the latter, um, that is, decline of democracy, as long as consumers stop burning coal, oil, and gas in exchange for green renewables. Which, as by long the as you way, stop living. Which, by the way, don't work. So you're, here's the thing. Sri Lanka, real quick, I mentioned this, they collapsed as a country because the calendar, I think the 20, that's why I say you're watching these calendar yeah. events. They shut down everything for the Green Agenda and the World Economic Forum. And the world's not ready. We can't function on windmills and solar. We just can't. So they tried to. They tried. They, sh- they shut everything down. And it may not have been windmills and solar there, but the green agenda that they have. And, Greg, they collapsed. So, again, we're seeing the same thing. They're saying, look, we need to shut everything down. Gas needs to go higher because we've got to get rid of gasoline so we can now have windmills and, and solar. And go back to horses and buggies. That's where they're taking us. The WEF paper argues for the past 15 years, democracy has been in decline worldwide. To protect and promote freedom, leading democracies must strengthen their economies and safeguard liberty. How do you strengthen your economy by collapsing? And anyway, it goes on to say ignoring uh, progress toward a low-carbon economy could put democracies in greater economic peril, not less, while repeating the broader demand of environmental activists for companies to stop investing fossil fuels. What is the answer for the U.S. and Europe? Pricing the alternatives to green energy out of the market. 
And I quote from these guys, the leading democracies of the G20 should collectively commit to phasing out cost and tax breaks for the production and consumption of fossil fuels. They should also phase in more efficient pricing of fossil fuels through taxes or tradable permits to cover the cost of local air pollution, global warming, and other economic damages. And notice this, Greg. Last statement I'll make on this article before we talk a little bit. The paper goes on to argue that, and I quote, compliance can and must be enforced. Mm. In other words, we need to get rid of gasoline, <laughs> yes. and we will make you do it. I can't. You do you, better German than I do. You do will it. like it. Yes, you will like it, and you will do it. And there's no question. That kind of got into a little bit of, of Indian accent and German. I can't. I've got to work on the two separate. Well, you want to know what? Hey, listen, prophecy is global. It is. So you might as well it just is. put it in every together. dialect that's, that's right. possibly. Here's there. the bottom line: They're saying we've got to get rid of fossil fuels. We need to make gas prices go up in order to get rid of gas completely. Great. The article talks about making it so expensive and impossible to drive that everybody gives up, and then that'll save the environment. And if we have to put force in place to enforce it and make them do it yeah. to comply, we will force them to do it. This is scary Antichrist-type stuff. Well, in, in that agenda, too, Pastor Mark, it talks, and I'm putting this in my own terms, uh, pack them and stack them. Uh, and that is, is that, you know, we as a people are too spread out for control. Yeah. And so another way that I could see that you force people into tighter, dense areas yeah. so you're more easily controlled is to make the cost of living independently yeah. uh, and living free uh, cost prohibitive. Yep. So now you've got to take public transportation everywhere right. uh, in you know cattle troughs and train cars yeah. uh, because it's too expensive for you to drive your own vehicle because gas is now $10 a gallon. Now, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to get to that, but the point is being made from what you're talking about right there, and that is, is that if, if they can find any way to deter you from living independently and living free because the enemy wants to control us yeah. in every way, shape, or form. And, Greg, that goes right in line with their uh, uh, their WEF, the World Economic Forum's goal and the 2030 agenda. Um, and that is, um, you know, you, you, you basically, by 2030, they want it. They, remember they said that you will own nothing and you'll be happy. Yeah, that's packing so, and stacking. Yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, everybody's got to be brought into some type of place where they're provided a place to live and the government gives you if they want to what yeah. you get or what you don't get and depending on your social credit score will determine whether you get food don't get food water get water can whatever remember you can't buy or sell without the market yeah. it's right in line with the revelation yeah. 13 and they're now going to use china's example of the um of the social score as to whether or not how people what they'll have and not have in this new world of of pack them and stack them which is a great way to say it yeah well you know it's a another way to say it i guess yeah okay wasn't expecting that's what that. I do with donuts. Yes. I, so I do it reversed. I stack them, then I pack them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. All right. Uh, let's uh, continue uh, this episode of Signs of the Times for Friday, July twenty, uh, July 15th. I almost put us 10, 10 days ahead. Uh, this is from Israel 365 News, the New York Times, which, of course, we know is a bastion of 
democracy and freedom yes. uh, is slammed for being consistently biased against Israel. Well, you yeah. know, at least they're consistent. They are, and no surprise here. And again, I put Zechariah 12 as the scripture because yeah. everyone will turn against them. But Greg, also, Absolutely. I will add another one that I don't have on here, and 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 that is God says He's going to also turn the heat up and drive them back to the land. For those who don't come in the last days, He's going to call them from the north to the south. Yeah. So this also goes in line with I think you know we have one of the world's largest world's population of Jews. Is guess where? Yeah, New York. And they're, they're happy to be there. God, I believe, is going to have to turn the heat up on them, Greg, and drive them back to Israel for you, the last days. You know, for, for all of the prophetic events and, and the, the mile markers that we take a look at for end times prophecies, I would say that that one right there is probably one of the longest running, active, like, you know, it, we, we can point to evidence that this prophecy is in fulfillment, being fulfilled right. on its way to completion yeah. ever since the 1940s, yeah. in late 30s, when Hitler began, began his uh, assault on the Jewish people that literally drove them back into the land That's of Israel, right. that right. caused another prophecy to be fulfilled, is that when I bring you back into the land, you will never leave it. And that was either in Joel or Amos... I can't yeah, I remember, off the, top of my I can't head. remember yeah. off the top of my head either. And that prophecy was fulfilled, but now is continuing right. to be right. fulfilled. That's right. That's right. So and, anyway. and see, there's still a lot of Jews scattered out. New York's one of the big places. Yep. So you hate to see this happen to them, but I also see why God would allow it. Because, again, it's going to drive them back to where they need to be for the last days. As the largest newspaper in the U.S. city with the largest Jewish population, the New York Times should not have a problem with the anti-Semitic bias it is reporting. But multiple media sources, including two media watchdogs have recently called the New York Times out for its anti-Semitism. It should come as no surprise that despite claims that anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism, in this case it is. And here's the bit of evidence. Of the 118 pieces written about Israel recently, 53% portrayed Israel in a negative light, 34% neutral, and 13% positive. So again, we see that uh, the pressure is turning up in the streets, and the pressure is turning up in the media, and it's not just going to be there, Greg. It's going to be all over the world. Get the Jews back to their homeland for the last days. I can't remember what dictator said it, if it was Hitler or Stalin or whatever. I, I can't remember. But didn't one of them say, repeat a lie long enough and people will believe it? Yeah. yeah I think that Is was that Ronald that? McDonald about their fries. Oh. <laughs> No, no, no. That was Ronald McDonald about their ice cream machine. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because the ice cream machine never works at McDonald's yeah. <laughs> when you go. No, yeah, I think you're right. And that's and that's yeah. that, that's the case. It's you know, it's interesting, Greg. You read what these leaders say and what they come right out and say, and, and actually they've been talking about it in the World Economic Forum. I think it was Yuval Harari who said this as well. He said, Look, uh, he quoted that. And he and he said it in such a way, he's saying that should be the technique we use. We need to just say what needs to be said. Say it bold enough and, yep. and loud enough and act like it's true. And then people go, oh, well, it must be true. Who could be that bold about a lie? Well, the answer is Satan. And and people believe it. Well, you know, let's go back to the garden for that. Let's do it. When, when, he, when, when, when uh, Eve had said what we, they weren't supposed to do. Right. Then Satan questions God's authority and says, did God really say that? That's right. Bring into question. And caused her... To doubt. That's right. Yeah, and amazing. The power I, of suggestion, I, I guess. You, and, and the thing that when he did it, Greg, again, he uses the, the same techniques. We're not, he used the same wiles, the Bible says. Yeah. What did he do? He said, you, you can be like God and you can do it through technology. He said, you can be like God and if you eat from the tree of knowledge, you'll be like God. Yeah. 
What, what are they saying? What is Yuval Harari, these guys saying? We can be like God, and we can do it through technology. Same See, spirit. It's the same same lie. It just yeah. comes in a different package. Un, it's not unbelievable. We expect it. But, I mean, believers, open your eyes. It's yeah. right in front of us. Absolutely. All right. Uh, our last uh, category for the day, because Pastor Mark took our good news away. I did? Yes, you did. I, well, yeah, because it was three weeks old. Was it really that old? Yeah. Was it? Well, June 27th. You know, it's my fault. June 27th. I, Two and a half weeks. I know. Well, it's my fault because I saw it late because I don't watch the news as much as you, and I thought oh, that okay. was so cool. So, and, and we I, I mentioned it anyway because it's so important. I, I laughed with Abby. I laughed with Abby because I said, you know, this always happens whenever I think there's a cool story, and I say, hey Jim, add that to the stack, and then <laughs> inevitably I get the I get the notice from Mark. Okay, well, here's the rundown. And remove this article, and uh, this is no good. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh my word, I, I'm horrible at this job. Oh uh, no, anyway. you're great at this job. Okay, uh, Reuters. Sardinian. First one I saw this, I thought it was sardine farmers. Well, I didn't realize that you farmed sardines. I thought yeah. they. Well, you, you fished them, and you then... probably could farm sardines. So, so Sardinian farmers. No, no, this is different. This is different. Okay, Sardinian Sounds fishy to me. It does very fishy for you, and you know what? That deserves a rim shot. Uh, Sardinian farmers suffered the worst locust invasion in over thirty years, and that's not funny. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, billions of locusts swarm across fields in Italy's Sardinia. These are the headlines. And Inv- invasion projected to affect sixty thousand hectares, which I think is something like one hundred and thirty thousand acres this year. Dried fodder and alfalfa, uh, and the little rascals among the crops were most heavily hit. Farmers, <laughs> you got to be old enough to get that farmers job. already struggling with rising costs and drought. Okay, this out of Milan. Would farmer Rita Salouche saw a big black wave storming across the horizon and taking over the fields in April. She knew that little uh, of her dried fodder and alfalfa crops would be left in the following days. The invasion is project- projected rather to affect an area of around 130,000 acres or so, double that of 2021 compared to just uh, 2,000 hectares, which let me do the math, that's something like around 1,000, a little more than 1,000 acres in 2019. So here's, here's the bottom line. Last days, I just want to very briefly say this. You're going to see, you know, there's going to be famines. Greg, we're watching the food yeah. plants having issues. We're watching um, um, all over the world. They're doing things that are causing famine. Now we're seeing nature kicking in and locusts doing things that are causing famine. This goes right in line with Matthew 24. Yeah. This is not to panic for us, but to recognize yeah. what the Lord said, what happens is going to happen. I believe God will supply the food for us. Um, and you know, they're even there, Greg, they're talking now about doing away with meat altogether. And we talked in the past about how the scripture says in the last days in, in first Timothy chapter four, it says they'll be forbidding to marry and forbidding to eat meat in the last days. I find that intriguing. You know that we'll talk about that at another date when yeah. a good meat article comes up, but I've always looked at well, why in the world would they forbid to eat meat? These guys, everybody loves steak. But they're, they're going to be, it goes right in line. They're going to be forbidding to eat meat. They're trying to do away with meat. When God said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. And I love that scripture. And God said, all things have been given for us and are sanctified through prayer. So God sanctifies it. But remember, everything God approves of and gives for yeah. joy yeah. for us, Satan tries to counteract and take away our joy. And that's a good stake. Now we, <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It now is. we haven't seen any stories that I'm aware of regarding the forbidding of marriage. But, no, uh, we haven't. But I would be very curious. We understand the yeah. forbidding of meat part because right. there, methane gas and climate change and all that stuff. Uh, cows are creating too many problems. Yeah. But I would just be curious to know what w- what would be the rationale. I think I may know. Okay. You know, Greg, it's this interesting. Just, this just in. Well, you know what's interesting? We're seeing this whole uprising with the abortion thing and all that. Ah. There's a rush of young people running out getting vasectomies because they're mad. 
Now think really? About, oh, yeah. Think about, oh think about how they're going to regret that five oh, years yes. from now when their brain matures. Because your brain doesn't fully mature until age 25. And these are kids like 20 years old, 21. You talk about population control. Well, yes, it's doing that. And, um, you know, who needs abortion if there's no babies? But also, Greg, what they're saying with all the different things like now that with all the multiple women marrying women, men marrying men, everybody doing whatever, and you have the legal issues in America and other nations about you have to be married for this break and that break and do this. I could see it getting so convoluted with everybody doing mm. all this stuff. They're going to say, you know what? Just marriage is not a good thing. Let's just don't marry. Everybody just live together, cohabitate. I'm not saying that's the answer, but I'm saying that may be that we may be on the front end of recognizing the forbidding to marry by all the confusion of genders that are going on. And I want to read that. You know, I said we okay. just read it. This is yeah. too important. The Spirit says, this is 1 Timothy chapter 4. The Spirit expressly says, that means very clearly to Paul, that in the latter times, which is a sign of the very end, some will depart from the faith. We see that today. Churches, you know, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. That is this, again, this whole agenda we're seeing of some of the same sex issue, same sex issues and all these other things. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Greg, remember that nothing seems to affect them. Right. Like they're, 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 they're saying now there's, new, there's a new self-love movement. They're saying an abortion is an act of self-love. You're loving yourself, right? Well, sure, you're, you're murdering a baby, but you're loving yourself. Interesting, the Bible says in the last days, men will be what? Lovers, lovers of, of self. self. And now there's a whole new movement. They call themselves a self-lovers, lover self. And wow. they're doing it on, on the abortion issue, saying um, it's self-love because I deserve it and the baby doesn't. Again, right in line with the Bible, but again, do- doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, conscience seared with a hot iron, Forbidding to marry. I think we're going to see this come out of this whole gender confusion issue and commanding to abstain from foods which God created um, to be received with thanksgiving um, by those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good. Yes, cows, chickens, everything else. And nothing is to be refused. Uh, if it is received with thanksgiving and sanctified by the word and prayer. So forbidding to eat meat, forbidding to eat these different things, right in line with First Timothy. Now, why don't you speak to the importance of marriage as it is a, a picture oh, yeah. in type of what our relationship spiritually is supposed to be with the Lord, an earthly representation of marriage, and why this would be attacked. Thank you for bringing that up, Greg. Look, this whole thing about marriage that's going on, remember we said before, whatever God does, Satan wants to counteract. He's the anti-God. He's against God. And God, the first thing that God established after he created mankind, the very Very first first thing, thing, was marriage between a man and a woman. Okay, now that's huge. Why would God do that? Not just for companionship, not just because God wanted to, you know, you know, again, had to populate the earth. By the way, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And what are we seeing? Satan saying, don't be fruitful. Don't multiply. Stop yeah. having babies. Kill the ones you have. Everything God does, Satan goes against it. But the, that's, again, for our, our you know, uh, lives and our families and our joy down here, God did that. But there's a much larger picture, it tells us in Ephesians. Marriage was given to the world between a man and a woman, between a picture of God in heaven and the bride of Christ, the church. And that is, Paul makes the comparison there in Ephesians saying, look, even as Jesus died for his bride and gave his life for us, that we might be one together forever. It's a picture of what Jesus did for mankind. When you get married, you need to do the same thing. Husbands, die for your wife and be that picture to the world. So it's not just for our sake, marriage. It is for the sake of the world and the testimony and witness of God's love for mankind. The fact that he gave his life for his bride, those who believe in him, that we might be saved and be one forever in the kingdom of God. So a beautiful picture there that God gave. And you can see why Satan would oppose it. Yeah. 
So we expect to see articles about that coming shortly. Absolutely. Now, again, I will say this. Yeah. I've always kind of written that off to what the Catholic Church, they're already doing oh. that. They forbid to marry. Their, their priests are forbidden to marry. Mm. But again, they've been doing that for a long yeah. time. So I think you're right. I think we're going to see a forbiddance to marry, maybe even marriage laws dropped. So that you can't be married, and now you just kind of cohabitate. So I do think you're right. I think we're going to see that. But but it's kind of been there kind of in the yeah. background, but not as a population. And we don't know whether that will happen pre- or post-rapture. You're right. You're right. But we do see, we know? We don't. Okay. But we are seeing the moving forward of removing certain foods, removing yeah. that we can yes. eat. And um, and also, again, I think you're going to see the forbidding of marriage. You're gonna, these are the headwinds. Yeah. So, Greg, I do think we're going to see some headwinds, and we'll talk about it when it pops up, because it will. We're going to say, we, we told you. Yeah. Here it is. The headwinds are forbidding to marry. And hopefully at some point when we talk about more about this meat thing, we'll talk about all this meatless food that they're creating. Right. And how that's not only bad for you, but right. it's actually bad for the environment. Yeah. But that will be for another day. I've Absolutely. got information on that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, this is from CNN. Dangerous extended heat wave threatens millions in western europe as highest level of heat wave alerts are issued yeah and i can just make a comment on this without sure. reading much and we can move okay. on here's the bottom line i wanted to leave this in here because again the scripture does say that in the last days yep. that the earth is groaning, groaning for the return of the lord you're going to see more environmental upheaval as the earth groans the closer we get to his return yeah all right our last article of the day pastor mark comes from the wired the pandemic fueled a superbug surge question can medicine recover yeah, this is interesting, Greg, and I think this is a, uh, as they call a bait and switch. Uh, mm. This is a trick, and here's why I say this. Okay. Let me back up, and I'm glad we have a few minutes, a couple yeah. minutes to talk about this. We were warned by multiple doctors that oh, if we yes. if we vaccinated the entire world yep. at one time, if everybody got a shot at once, and this was, again, one particular guy said, look, I'm not against this, just don't do it all at once. If you give everybody a shot worldwide... You're going to make the immune system of everybody worldwide go down, which means you're going to see more illness and you'll see the rise of superbugs and super infections because we won't be able to fight them. Apparently, when you when you vaccinate everybody at one time and that immunity goes down toward that one thing, it makes you weaker everywhere else. And he said, spread it out. Do a country at a time. Spread it out. Well, what he predicted came true. He said, if you don't do that, he said, in two years, we're going to see superbugs and new things we've never seen that we can't cure. He and he's this unbeliever. This is no prophet, but Greg, he was right on. Yeah. I do not believe that the pandemic fueled superbugs because somehow uh, uh, it it did whatever. This is a result of all the shots simultaneously worldwide bringing down human and mankind's immune systems and now what we used to be able to fight we can't fight let me read some of this the desperate uh, need to save the lives of covid patients during the pandemic's first waves coupled with shortages of hospital personnel protective equipment drove shocking a shocking reversal in progress against deadly superbugs a new analysis shows the report released july 12th uh, said that data had come to a grim conclusion from 2019 to 2020. The number of antibiotic-resistant infections occurred in hospitals, resulting in deaths uh, by 15%. Uh, for some, most of the hard-to-treat pathogens increased, shot up 26%, some 78%. Um, it said also, the, and those figures uh, are even worse than they appear because in the years immediately preceding the pandemic, resistant infections in hospitals have been going down. Here's what's happened. We have created a monster by giving everybody a shot at the same time worldwide. It's going to be a rough couple of years after this. I think you're going to see we have this new SADS, this sudden adult death syndrome mm, thing, Greg. Yep. We've never heard of that. The first time ever was just one case in 1971. There's been a few cases over the years. And now there, there are thousands of them all of a sudden since the shots came out. 
And what we've done, Greg, is I think we've created a bad situation here with this shot, uh, messing with mankind's immunity system. We need to learn the lesson, stop the shots, stop the mask, let God's natural immunity go back into play. And um, I'm not saying every vaccine is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying on this particular shot, I think we need to put on the brakes and everybody discuss, have a discussion like we talked about last week. But I will say this. There's one thing that all of us need to be inoculated with, and that is the salvation of Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, um, I'll tell you, as we cover these articles, the Lord's return is not near. And if it's not near, I'll tell you, it, it can't be very far away. If you don't know Jesus Christ and you're listening to this, or if you're a backslidden Christian, come home. Come home if you've fallen away. This is not a time to be goofing off. Um, and if you don't know the Lord, if you simply believe that Jesus died for you on the cross, that he spilled his blood for you, and you confess your sin and repent of your sin, the Bible says you will be saved. I make a plea to you. The Holy Spirit makes a plea to you. Receive the Lord today. We're at the cusp of the glorious kingdom arriving. Don't miss it, and don't be left out. And if you see the signs and hear the articles and you still do this, you truly are blind. Ask God to remove the blinders because he's coming back soon. You need to be ready. Mm. Thank you, Pastor Mark, and thank you, folks, for listening. Don't forget thewaymedia.net for everything Signs of the Times related, as well as our, the other content that we produce here at The Way Media from Calvary, Knoxville. Remember, normal isn't coming back, but Jesus is, so we need to be ready. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Thank you, folks, for listening. Make sure to come back next Friday at 1.30 as we continue to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today are pointing to God's Signs of the Times. Yeah.